2 Corinthians chapter five, uh, 7, excuse me, we are in a series called We, and uh, it's a series all about the relationships that mean the most to us, and uh, just wanted to show uh, one more, uh, just very important to me, text of scripture that I want in the heart of every believer that calls City Light home. It, it's such an important text to me. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5, when we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. We faced conflict from every direction with battles on the outside and fear on the inside. And, I, and I, let me just uh, maybe help you here. God works from the inside out. The devil works from the outside in. So anytime you are in a battle on the outside, it's not about the outside. Hello. It's about the inside that the enemy's trying to get on the inside. Like the devil doesn't want your money, doesn't want your stuff, doesn't want your car. Amen. You all know what I'm saying? Like, oh man, the devil's after me. My fridge broke. No, he doesn't care about your fridge. He's, he's trying to get fear on the inside. He's trying, he's trying to take our joy and our spiritual strength. I just want you to, I want you to understand that. But God, everybody say, but God, who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. His presence was a joy. Let's talk about, but God, but God. Father, I pray that you'd speak now in a clear way, in a profound way in a supernatural way to your people. Encourage your people. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Uh, great relationships don't just happen. And all the married people said amen. 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 Okay, that was a very fearful amen. Okay, wow. <laughs> and all, the, all you who are single or dating, uh, you don't believe me. You say, those are lies, Pastor. I'm going to meet my soulmate, and it's just going to just, just going to work. But that's, that's not life. Great relationships don't just happen. In friendship, in marriage, in parenting, they all take work. It, it is very rare for anything good in your life to come naturally. If it's good for you, if it's going to benefit you, if it's going to bless you, if it's, going to, if it's going to help you to succeed and prosper, it's not going to come just automatic. It's actually going to take work. And this is true in every area of our life, including relationships. Uh, and again, this is one of the most jarring realities for newlyweds. They just can't, they can't understand why there's conflict when they first get married. Because they didn't know it was going to take work. They just thought we love each other and we love God. And it's just all going to be perfect. My parents didn't get it. My pastor doesn't get it. Our friends don't get it. But we get it. And we're going to get married. And this, thing, this whole thing is just going to be easy. No, it's going to take work. Because every great thing in your life will require work. Nothing that is good. Nothing that is great. Nothing that is awesome in your life just, just happens. Doesn't just happen. If it's good, it will take hard work right now and it will become easier later. And if it's bad, it will be super easy now 
and will require really hard work later. I'm going to say that again. Yeah, let me say that one more time. If, if it's good, it, it's going to take some hard work now, but it's going to get easier later. But if it's bad, it's usually super easy right now, and then it's going to be really hard later. And so I want to encourage you, pay the price now for spiritual health. Pay the price now for relationships, healthy relationships. Pay the price now for physical health. Pay the price now for mental health. Pay the price now. Like, like get this in your head. You have more energy today, right now, than you'll have tomorrow. Isn't that weird that we believe the opposite? That when I get older... I'm going to have more energy. No, bro. You have more energy right now, whether you're 70 years old or, or 17 years old, you have more energy today than you'll have tomorrow. So use that energy today to create positive patterns in your life. So when you don't have as much energy, the pattern is already set. Oh boy. I'm, I hope I'm helping you so far because this is, this is good preaching. So start now. Oh, I can't start now. Of course you can. Here's one of my favorite promises from God. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2 says this. Today is the day of salvation. Everybody out loud say, today is the day. Come on, one more time. Today is the day. Okay, think about this. Right, right here, right now, what, what God is offering is he's offering you the gift of today and what God is promising is that today I can do something in your life. Not just tomorrow, not next year, not, not 10 years from now, not when you're ready, but right here, right now, God is saying, I'm, I'm all in with you. I'm ready to go. And we have to believe that today is that day that uh, there's people who will come to church that will say, well, I'm not going to give my life to Jesus yet. I don't know if I'm ready yet. I'll, I'll come back at Easter. No, 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 no. Right, right now, right. You're never going to be ready. So just say yes. Well, you know, maybe one day we'll work on our marriage, but not, no, right. This is the best shot you got right now. Well, maybe one day I'm going to get healthy. No, right now is the best time you got. Today, and, and what God is saying is there's actual salvation, there's actual grace, there's actual mercy, there, there's, a, there's an actual gift of grace that's available to you right now. God does not need your prepared, planned, perfectly thought out yes. He just needs a willingness to begin to work in your life. There is hope today. There is healing available today. There is salvation available today. There is power today. I want to encourage you to start praying today. Start praising today. Make it right with that person that you're mad at today. Pastor, I'm going to call him Thursday. Call him today. Go work out today. Eat that salad today. I don't like that one. I'm going to cut that one out of my sermon. <laughs> Encourage someone today. Read the word today. You're, you're never going to feel ready to do anything great. You're never prepared to do great things. You just have to start. And at first, they don't feel great. At first, they just feel like challenge. Okay, 
every great relationship is going to require work. I just, I just want this to get in your spirit. So, so single or married, it doesn't matter. Divorce, never married, doesn't matter. Really love your spouse right now, really mad at your spouse right now, doesn't matter. It, you can commit to the work of great relationships, and God will meet you there. Okay. I, I want to I talk about being a Titus friend. I want to I talk about being someone like Titus, that when, when people think of you, they go, but God. <laughs> like, like God gave me a miracle in that person. You want to be that kind of, anybody want to be that? I want to be that kind of person. Okay, so in order, to, in order to be a Titus friend, in order to have a but God testimony, you got to be like Jesus. You're like, whoa, starting strong, huh, pastor? Like, no pressure, just need to be like the Savior. You know, it's like, okay, big way to start. Um, but, we, but, I, but I got to call you to this. Nothing reveals my faith level like my love level. Ay, 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 here we go. Nothing reveals my faith. If you want to know where your faith level is at, just look at your love level. I can see where I'm at vertically by where I am horizontally. <laughs> so if, if this is messed up, there's a disconnect this way. And if I don't see it, I'm deceived. Because this is the mirror showing me how this is. Everybody's difficult. Everybody's terrible. Nobody get da da da. da. No, there's 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 something in in my in my love walk that must be corrected, and there's something in my faith walk that is disconnected. So John said it like this: First John chapter four, verse twenty. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. Okay, I don't, I don't know if they always know they're lying, but I love God is a lie. Yeah? Okay. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? If he has given us this command, check the, and he has given us this command, check this out. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. Yes. Wow. I know if you love God or not. Not by how you sing, not by how you lift your hands, not by how you shout, not by you speak in tongues. Not by church attendance. Let me tell you how I know you love God. By how you treat people. By the way, don't, um, don't be discouraged by that. This is so helpful. God is so helpful. God is so strategic. Because he just gave you a, a constant way in which you can see where you're at spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So don't be discouraged by that. Be super encouraged by that. Because I can go, man, I'm mad at everybody. I don't like anybody. 
I'm frustrated with everybody. Woo, okay. That means I have a vertical disconnect. Okay, so relationships become the clearest mirror that I have. Wow. If I'm in constant conflict with everyone, I have a God problem, not a people problem. Okay. Again, don't be discouraged by this. Be encouraged by this because now I know, okay, I got to grow in my faith. So Jesus goes on to say, Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, worshiping God, man, bringing your gifts to the Lord, and you remember, isn't that funny that you remember at the altar because the Holy Spirit starts working on you. Hello? That's kind of part of the church, right? Get in here. Oh, man, I worship you, Lord. Oh, yeah, I'm mad at everybody. So, so you come to worship. You get in the presence of God that you've been ignoring all week, to be honest, right? We've all been there. We get into church. We start singing the praises of God forever, Yahweh. And immediately God's like, you need to deal with that. Because God's like, I don't want your song. Be nice to your wife and then sing to me. You know that Peter actually says this in the epistle? He says, if, if you don't treat your wife right, God says this. If you don't treat your wife right, God says, I won't hear your prayers. That's in the Bible. We'll add that to the notes because y'all don't believe it's in the Bible. That's in the Bible. Because it's all connected to God. It's not connected to us, it's, but it is how God sees it. Okay, let me, let me keep going. Um, so he says, remember your brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift in front of the altar first and go be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Wow. So Jesus... My walk with Jesus, my relationship with Jesus, if I'm, if I'm really walking with Jesus, worshiping Jesus, praying to Jesus, Jesus is going to immediately redirect me to the relationship that needs to be restored. I cannot love God and hate you. Okay, he won't allow it. He won't allow it. Here's my point. Every time you go to him, he's going to bring you back to that issue because it's all he cares about because he wants his kids getting along. So every time you pray, every time you worship, every time you fast, every time you give, every time you come to church, the Holy Spirit's going to keep his finger right on that issue. So eventually, I I can run from it, I can deny it, but I am just telling you that one of the, the beautiful parts of my walk with Jesus is his ability to cause me and convict me and lead me into reconciliation. 
There, there are all these scriptures. We're going we're gonna to add it to the, to the app, to the, to the notes on version because there's so many here. But uh, there, there's over 100. I'll just kind of read off a couple. All of these have Bible verses. And again, we'll add it to the app. But you have, you have love one another. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another. Live in harmony with one another. Everybody say one another. One more time, say one another. one another. Okay, build up one another. Be like-minded towards one another. Accept one another. Admonish one another. Greet one another. Care for one another. Serve one another. Bear one another's burdens. Forgive one another. Be patient with one another. Speak the truth in love to one another. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I just think it's hilarious to walk up to people singing to them. But anyway, let's keep it moving. Submit to one another. Consider yourselves, uh, consider others better than yourselves. Uh, look to the interests of one another. Bear with one another. Okay, I could, I could keep going. Don't lie to one another. Stop passing judgment on one another. Uh, do not devour one another. Um, we, we could keep going. Don't be conceited, provoking, and envying one another. Don't slander one another. Don't grumble against one another. Okay, there's a hundred of them. Listen to this. There's a hundred one another commands in the New Testament. That means that there is a level of relationship with God that I can only grow into in community. Like there's a whole side of obedience to God that I can only obey him if I'm around people. And if I'm isolated, I'm going to disobey a hundred scriptures. The whole, the whole, I mean, you just read the epistles and it's like, read Galatians, read Colossians, read Ephesians. And it's basically the first few chapters is like, this is what Jesus has done for you. And you're like, that's awesome. And then it immediately turns to, now this is how to treat each other. Like, there's just a clear assumption from the apostles, you're going to be in community. Wow. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us, unswer- let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Be like Jesus. Number two, fight for others. That took way too long. I'm sorry. Here we go. Fight for others. I got to speed up. Fight for others. Paul says, I was in a fight. I was facing conflict. I was in battles and I was dealing with fear. Think about that. I'm in conflict. I'm in battles. And I'm in fear. And God's answer to Paul's problem is Titus. Wow. Fight for others. I I promise you, you know people right now who are discouraged. Fight for them. You know people right now who are depressed. Fight for them. You know people right now who are hurting. Fight for them. Who are you fighting with that you should be fighting for? (laughs) It's getting quiet in this room, boy. 
Let's say it one more time. Who are you fighting with? You should be fighting for. Who are you trying to convince instead of praying for? Who are you trying to change that only the Holy Spirit can change? <laughs> I, just, I feel led to tell somebody it's time to pray. It's time to get serious about getting answers from heaven. Battles on the outside, fears on the inside. It's time to get heavenly answers and heavenly solutions to these issues. Many of you are fighting with people. You're fighting with relationships. You're fighting with, you're fighting with, you're trying to make them change. And it's time to stop fighting with them. And it's time to start fighting for them. Like what you've been doing hasn't worked. You're like, pastor, I've tried and tried and tried. I know. After a couple of months, you got to give that up. <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying be a doormat. Make, make your opinions clear. Stand in truth. I'm not saying that. But then there is, a, there is a moment where you go, my battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And I'm going to start, I'm going to stop fighting against you because you're not my enemy. The devil is our enemy, so I'm going to start fighting for you instead of with you. Anybody know that in marriage? You'll, you'll just go weeks fighting, sometimes months fighting, sometimes years fighting. And you eventually got to go, I, we got to stop fighting. Wow. Nehemiah said, Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14, do not be afraid. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families. Fight for your sons and your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Not fight with, fight for. Man, there is something about, there is something about knowing that I have people in my life that are fighting for me. Your kids have to know it. Your spouse has to know it. Your friends have to know it. And it's not that they don't have to fight themselves. It's not that. But there was something in Paul that said, I am, I'm in a battle. I'm in conflict and I'm in fear. And I can't, I can't get out of it alone. So God sent me Titus. And you just got to know there's going to be days in your life where you're going to need a Titus. And there's going to be days in your life where you're going to need to be a Titus. Wow. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. I was born for it. I was born for your fight. I was born to fight with you in your battle. Man, fight for somebody. I hope, I hope you don't live your whole life hoping someone will fight for you. <laughs> I hope you'll fight for somebody. I don't, know how to, I don't know how to explain that. I just know that I, I've, lived, I've lived my life ho hopefully trying to fight for others and their potential. And it's amazing how it seems that God has always brought people in my life to help fight for me. 
Be that kind of friend. Be that kind of Titus. Be, be that person that says, but God sent that person into my life. Fight for others. In a, in a culture that wants to do nothing but fight with. <laughs> right? In a culture that just wants to complain. In a culture that just wants to share their opinion. And again, nothing wrong with any of that. It is so important that the people closest to you know that you're fighting for them. Thirdly, encourage to a fault. Like if I'm gonna make a, if I'm gonna be at fault, I'm gonna encourage to a fault, not discourage and be tough and keep it real to a fault. Like I am not the pride police. I don't have to check up on everybody's heart intent. <laughs> Stay humble, brother. Like that's going to do anything. <laughs> wow, good thing they said that. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to encourage to a fault. Our preaching will actually encourage a little bit to a fault. Pastor, you got to preach more on sin, Pastor. We all know, we all know we sin. We all, that's why we all come to church on Sunday because we all know the screw ups we did this week. Got to keep it real, pastor in the pulpit, pastor. Like I, I'm going to encourage to a fault. I just am. I, I want our church to function that way. I want you to function that way. Encouraged to a fault. You know, JR doesn't get up here. Lauren doesn't get up here. Y'all ain't worshiping. Come on. Ah, you know, lift your hands. I say, I can see you. You know, no. Just up here, sweet, worshiping. Pouring their heart out. You know, people are on their phone. People are picking their nose. People are fighting with their kids. You know, oh, praise the Lord. We're just going to encourage to a fault. <laughs> That's funny. But God, who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. His presence was a joy. Can people say that about you? Man, their presence is a joy. Or is their presence a dark thundercloud? <laughs> well, here they come. <sighs> no. Presence was a joy. People don't need less encouragement. They need more. People need more uplifting voices who are, who are picking us up and not tearing us down. In courage. In, to place courage in to a person. You can do it. You can make it. Keep believing. God is for you. I'm praying for you. You're awesome. You look incredible. I'm so proud of you. Have you lost weight? Come on, somebody. Not, whoa, you, you look tired. Thank you. That, wow. Did you get any sleep last night? Obviously not. Encourage. Paul had a testimony of Titus's friendship. We should all be a part of our friend's testimony. Wow. Acts chapter 4, verse 31 says this. Joseph, a Levite, 
whom the apostles called Barnabas. They renamed Joseph to Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. They said, you are so encouraging, we're just going to call you the encourager. We can't call you Joseph anymore. You're the encourager. Everywhere you go, you're a ray of sunshine. Everywhere you go, you're lifting others up. Everywhere you go, you're putting a smile on somebody's face. Everywhere you go, you're letting somebody know that God is for them and that you're for them and your presence is a joy. Man, I would love if people had to rename me from Jabin to, well, I don't really want to be called Barnabas, but you get my point? Listen. To be an encourager does not mean that I ignore the weaknesses of others. It doesn't mean that, um, that, that I can't speak truth in a relationship. That, that's not what it means. But, but it does mean that I'm always choosing to speak the best, to speak to the strengths, to speak to the gifts of others, to see those come out. You speak to what can be done to the part of the person that needs courage for their journey. Okay, so I've I've been married 16 years, 17 in August. There there are things about Shannon that that I cannot change. I've tried. Come on, somebody, 17 years. You learn in the first 17 months, I can't change you. Right? And there's, things, and there's things about me that she's tried to change. She goes, I can't change him. So instead of having an entire marriage built around trying to coach your spouse to be who they want, to be who you want them to be, encourage them in the strengths that they already have. Yes. Am I making sense? Yes. Instead of spending... 18 years of of that childhood for that kid, trying to coach them to be something that they're not. Encourage the strengths that are in them to do what God's called them to do. Second Samuel chapter 10 verse 12 says, be of good courage and let us be courageous for our people and for the cities of our God. And may the Lord do what seems good to him. Like there is a sovereign side of of what God's going to do in the people. And I'm going to trust God to do that. But I'm going to be courageous for the people that God's put in my life. And I'm going to speak encouragement and courage into the people. I'm not trying to change them. I'm not trying to mold them and shape them into my image. I'm just saying you can do everything God's called you to do. You become an encourager. Oh, my prayer is that City Light would be, would have the testimony of Titus. But God, I was going this way, but God. But God used City Light. But God used that worship. But God used my serve team. But God used my small group. But God used that children's ministry. But God used that crazy preacher. But God, but God, I walked into that, into that high school and I met Jesus. But God, they encouraged me. They prayed for me. They loved me. They helped me. They forgave me. They counseled me. Be that kind of person. Take that on as, your, as, as really the mission of your life. 
Last scripture, 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 6. I'll tell you, everything I'm preaching right now is what makes the church awesome. Let me just say it. It's not, it's not, it's not how I'm saying it. It's what I'm saying that makes a church awesome. It's not style. It's substance. It's not the songs. It's the substance. It's not the talent. It's the substance. It's not the quality of production that we work really hard at that. It's the substance. It's this deep thing that makes you go. You walk into a church like City Light and you go, this feels like heaven on earth. And it's not because of my gift. It's because this is the stuff I really care about. And I want you to care about it. Because there's millions, literally, of people that need to hear it. And there's people in your life that need this. Oh, boy, I'm fired up. 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 6. So so Jonathan comes to his young armor bearer, his assistant, and he goes, Hey, let's uh, let's go over to our enemy. And let's pick a fight. Basically, that's the, like, that's kind of the whole point of, it's like wild. Like, Jonathan grabs his friend. He's like, let's go to the bar. We're going to go pick a fight with the biker gang. Like, it's like, kind of like that. Uh, he, he goes, perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Like, maybe God will back us up if we go fight against our enemies. Like, this is the most wild scripture. Um, okay. That, that's like the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my life. Like, hey, perhaps. Not like God spoke to me, not I've been on a 40-day fast and the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me. Nope. Like, hey, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe God's in it. Really not sure. Look at his friend's response, verse 7. Do all that you have in your mind. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go get into trouble. Let's be courageous. Let's be crazy. Let's plant a church. Let's build a building. Let's go portable. Let's go, let's leave the comfort of a building and let's go portable. Let's go ahead. I'm with you, heart and soul. I'm with you, heart and soul. Married people, does your spouse feel that from you? Husband, does your wife feel like you're with her heart and soul? Parents, do your kids feel like you're with them heart and soul? Friends, do do your friends feel like you're with them heart and soul? Or do they know that when they turn their back, you're going to talk about them? Heart and soul. I got your back. You want a better sex life? Be with your spouse, heart and soul. She won't sleep with me, bro. She doesn't feel safe with you, bro. My kids won't open up. They don't feel safe. I can't find any friends. They don't feel safe. There's this thing that's got to get on you that got on this young assistant that said, I'm with you heart and soul. Your trouble's my trouble. Your problem at work is my problem at work. Your problem at school is my problem at school. Your emotional challenge is my emotional challenge. Your physical battle is my physical battle. You're going through it, I'm going through it. You're having a spiritual battle, I'm having a spiritual battle. I'm with you heart and soul, bro. And if you go into a fight, I go into a fight because we're in covenant. 
Man, this is what makes relationships great. Because there's, there's a safety and a security. Not I'm kind of with you as long as it's convenient. Heart and soul. Wow. Okay, I'm done preaching. Play me out of here because I'll preach all night, preach all day. But God, but God. Everybody say, but God. But God. I, I'm, really, I'm really praying that as a church, we, we are a church that is so gifted, so talented. Um, we're a church that is so powerful and anointed. But I want to be, be so deep in our love walk. Where, where people just feel that undeniable God kind of love. Not just the new person that walks in, I, I want that too, but on every person on a serve team, every person on staff, every person on a team, every person that comes week in and week out, that, that in, in a culture, and, and I don't, I, I never pick, fights with Vegas. I, I love this city so much. But in a culture that, you know, is very much on the outward, very much in the appearance. It's, it's very shallow at times. That there would be deep wells of friendship and deep love in marriages and deep commitment in parenting and deep community that it would, be, it would be the shining light in our city. That people would go, oh yeah, the music's great, oh yeah, the preacher's good, whatever. Boy, I feel heaven when I go there. Because the God that encourages encouraged me through them. our story and I pray that will be our story in Jesus name in Jesus name everybody said amen, amen. and amen and amen wow praise God